Hi everyone, I'm Aditi Changani, the host, and I'm on a mission to find your ideal career on Grow Up. Three, two, one, blast off. Hello listeners, and welcome to another episode of Grow Up. Today's career path goes towards the space industry, hence why I did the blast off. When I mean space, I mean outside of this earth and into the galaxy. How do we get into this galaxy? Well, that's with a special group of people, specifically the group of hardworking people who are the brains of the operation, the ones who create, build, and perfect the way we leave this atmosphere. I'm talking about the aerospace engineers. Aerospace engineering is the design, construction, and maintenance of the aircraft, spacecraft, missiles, and weapons systems. Main focuses can include flight safety, fuel efficiency, operating costs, and environmental impact. What makes this field so special is that it helps us fly and move and learn more about the unknown. The special guest is Abir Aichi, a guidance and navigation control engineer at Northrop Grumman Space Systems. Along with that, she's a YouTuber with over 19,000 subscribers, where she shares her advice and experience as an aerospace engineer. That is actually how I got in contact with her because I'm one of those 19,000 subscribed to her and love her videos. So now let's welcome Avir Aichi, who will give us more insight about the career and how to become an aerospace engineer. Welcome, Avir Aichi. I am so grateful to have you today. Thank you so much for sitting with me and just talking about you and your career. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Now, the first question is, could you let me and the listeners get to know more about you? So tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so my name is Abir Aishi. Um, I was born and raised in Morocco, which is a country in Africa. Um, and I moved here to the United States when I was 18, so right after college. Um, I've been here since then. Um, and uh, I initially came to the States to go to college, which is what I did, but then I decided to kind of stay here, and here I am now. I'm living in the United States for about seven years now. <clears throat> so as Aditi uh, explained, I am an aerospace engineer, specifically guidance, navigation, and control engineer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I started my YouTube channel uh to try to explain and help people understand a little bit more about the field of aerospace engineering because I realized that there weren't that much information online when I was looking for it myself uh, when I was applying for colleges. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. Yeah, I also was kind of interested in aerospace engineering and to me personally, your YouTube channel was so helpful and I realized there wasn't really any. So I was really grateful to have you as like a experience of someone who's actually studying in that field and also giving great advice. So it was really nice to have your channel around. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, the next thing is, have you always wanted to know that aerospace engineering was a career that you really wanted to pursue? If so, when did you know engineering was a field that you liked? <clears throat> Um, so I wouldn't really say that I knew specifically what type of engineering I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Morocco, it was a little bit different. I know a lot of people here that grew up in the States, they have exposure to space overall. Like they know what NASA is, mm-hmm. they get to watch launches, uh, they know what astronauts are. But where I'm from, that's not really the case. A lot of the 
prospects for careers are mainly um, either you do medicine, you go to med school, or you become a judge or a lawyer or something like that. Everything else was never really in the picture. So growing up, I thought I was going to go to med school because that's what my family wanted. That's what my mom wanted. Um, but then as I was growing up, I did realize that I was more interested in physics mm-hmm. instead of biology. I was good at both. I really liked biology, but I was more intrigued and interested in physics. And that's when um, my aspirations started to kind of form into something that I want to do instead of what my family or society wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I was going to be in science more than I would be in like uh, medicine. So I, I thought engineering or uh, being a scientist, that, that was like what was in my mind is being a scientist. But I've <laughs> also been a, I guess I've been very uh, into space uh, since a younger age. I didn't really know a lot about it just because mm-hmm. there wasn't much exposure until I moved to the States. So yeah, I wouldn't really technically say that I knew exactly that I wanted to be an aerospace engineer, Mm -hmm. but then when I moved to America, um, it was time for me to start thinking about what I'm going to do in college. And I realized that college here in the States is extremely expensive. And uh, if I made a decision, I wanted to make sure that I was 100% certain about my decision Mm -hmm. because then it wouldn't really make sense for me to change, you know, careers or majors in the middle of it because it would be a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did a lot of research. Uh, Initially, I wanted to be an astrophysicist physicist yeah so I applied to Arizona State University for astrophysics Um, and then I thought about it a little bit more and I realized that I love theoretical things but I'm Mm -hmm. more of an applied person and that's when I kind of start to shift my uh, before I started class I had just applied for astrophysics Um, and I was like okay well what other field is there that I could still work in the space industry, but then I would be more kind of on an applied side of it. And aerospace engineering Mm -hmm. was the second choice that I realized. I was like, oh, this is actually great. It is a field where you can be interested in the theory, but at the same time, you're actually physically creating tools like spacecraft, launch vehicles to go to space. And that was when I kind of like a light bulb, you know, went <laughs> thing in my head and I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I love this. It sounds great. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it went. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. How you kind of were like, you know what? I want to do something that I loved and you pursued mm-hmm. and you stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of talked a little bit about your educational background going to ASU. Could you talk a little bit more about your educational background? Yeah. So when I came here to the States, um, I was I had to wait a little bit until my paperwork got processed mm-hmm. uh, just because of immigration and stuff like that. But once all of that got figured out, um, we moved, me and my dad and my stepmom, we moved here to Arizona and I kind of started taking classes at... I don't want to go into details. Like we had, we had some fam- family issues, um, and my dad couldn't really like help me with college anymore. So I had to start taking classes because my, you know, purpose was to go to college, and I, I really wanted to go to college. I've always been a studious person. I've always had like straight A's, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I started taking classes at a community college here in Arizona called uh, Mesa Community College. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wasn't able to afford going to ASU at the time, but I knew eventually I wanted to go to ASU. Um, so yeah, I started taking classes at MCC for the first two years. Um, and then I transferred those classes to ASU because they have this program where you can transfer, uh, classes, um, 
like all of them to ASU. Mm -hmm. So they tell you, okay, if you want to go to ASU, these are the classes you have to take. If you're interested in engineering, these are the requirements you need. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually I transferred to ASU. I got my uh, bachelor's in aerospace engineering with a focus in astronautics. So it was mm -hmm. more on the astro side because ASU has two uh, branches, aeronautics and astronautics. Aeronautics is concerned with airplanes, helicopters, anything that's in the earth atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Astronautics is more about everything outside of earth atmosphere so launch vehicles spacecraft satellites so on and so forth um so that's what i did so i in senior year um i decided to uh i guess take kind of start on well asu has this program called the four plus one it means if you have a high enough gpa i think 3.5 or higher you get the chance to do on, in your senior year of, of uh, undergrad, you can take master's classes as well. That way wow. you can do both at the same time and you, you do your bachelor's and master's in five years instead of six. So it saves oh. you one year. So that's what I did. Um, I got my bachelor's and then I graduated with my aerospace engineering degree. Um, and then I took another year afterwards and I got my master's. So I have my master's as well. Wow. Do you believe that it was really important to have a master's degree going into aerospace engineering? Um, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, honestly, in, in this field, well, okay, so working for Northrop Grumman, I realized that they consider a master's degree as two years experience. So I guess it is kind of beneficial mm -hmm. because you get two years experience. Um, so if you graduate with your bachelor's and master's, um, because if you have a bachelor's only, you don't, that's considered zero experience. Oh. But if you have a master's, it's two years. So it's good in that way. Okay. Um, and it's also good because they pay you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, so financially, it's a good thing. Um, I don't know. Experience-wise, it's a good thing too. But I, do, I wouldn't really say it's you necessarily need a, a master's degree to get mm -hmm. a job. Um, you can. I know a lot of people that don't have master's degrees. It's not really necessary. But a lot of people start working for a company and then they get their master's degrees. Okay. So, and that's what I did. I started as an intern. Um, and then when I graduated with my bachelor's, they offered me a full-time position. And they also offered to pay for my master's. So it was wow. easier for me to be like, okay, let me get my master's since it's going to be covered by my company. So that's why I did it. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned earlier some skills like liking physics and enjoying math and loving to study. What are other skills that you think are really required entering engineering in general or even just aerospace engineering? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I did make a video about this one recently. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of people aspire to be things, but of course you need to have, um, I guess, certain uh I don't know, things that you like to do in order for you to succeed. So mm -hmm. I've seen I've seen a lot of students pursue aerospace engineering because they think it's a cool idea, right? It's cool mm -hmm. to work in space or design uh, airplanes. It's, you know, in theory, it sounds great. But honestly, once you start taking classes and you get deep into coursework, you realize that there's so much math. Math is the language of engineering, whether that would be aerospace or something else. You have to be really good at math. And if you, you're not, you're, you're going to suffer a lot. Um, so a lot of people have to drop out um, oh. from aerospace engineering because it's so difficult for them or they can't, they just can't really get a uh, high enough GPA. Because if you get in uh, academic probation, it gets really complicated. Uh -huh. um, if you don't have a high enough GPA, it can hurt your chances of getting an internship and a job as well. Um, so people, so for example, I think when I started 
uh, college at ASU, we had a, at least a couple hundred people in aerospace. But when I graduated, there were only in astronautics, there was only like 15 of us. Wow. Uh, yeah, because everyone either switched to mechanical engineering or they were like, OK, engineering is not for me. I can't I can't manage to keep a high GPA or like I don't really understand what's going on in class yeah. because their level at math is not great. So I if any of your listeners are interested in aerospace engineering, I would say you have to work on your math skills. I think math is very important. Um, a lot of times uh, people can't get through the first prerequisite math classes. So you would hear people say, I failed calculus two, three times, four times or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that would push that would put you back a long time because you need those classes to move on and start taking uh, aerospace specific classes. And honestly, those it only gets more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, as calculus one, two, and three are just kind of a, the basics that you need. And once you get through that, it's, it only gets worse. Well, not worse, but it gets more difficult mm-hmm. overall. So working, in my opinion, I think working on your math skills are is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized, because uh, I, I used to tutor in college, um, and I realized a lot of students that went uh, to high school here in the States, um, their level of math is a little bit different from where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, back home, everyone takes the same level. Uh, there's no AP classes. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to choose what classes you take, you know, <laughs> in high school. Yeah. So everyone's level had to be at the same. And, you know, Calc 1, 2, and 3, like all of that I was exposed to when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it Back home, we were a little bit more strict about the level of math and like how efficient you needed to be in it. But I think here in the States, people, or I guess the, the, I don't know, the high school system is not doing people any good, especially students that want to pursue STEM, Uh in my opinion. Um, So if the student doesn't really realize that and and push themselves to take like AP calculus or AP trig or whatever it is, um, it's, it would be a little bit hard. So I think if you have a knack or like if you have a natural, uh, I don't know, a skill at math and physics and stuff like that, I think you would do great. Mm-hmm. If Okay, this doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't pursue engineering if you're a little bit not good at math. But um, I would say, are you willing to put in the effort and uh, the work that's going to take to get you from being... Um, average to a little bit above average because even people at an average level sometimes they still struggle um, so I think in order to pursue this field you need to be a little bit above average or a lot above average to do great at it mm-hmm. and so what would you recommend for high school students who are still trying to decide let's just say like you know what I really like engineering I like the idea of it but I don't know which field to go into. How can like they further realize their love or passion for aerospace engineering in high school or at a younger age? Yeah, um, I, I, I remember what that felt like. Honestly, I, I wish there was a, you know, a formula for it or something that tells you there's exactly one thing that you should be 100% certain. Unfortunately, there isn't, right? Yeah. A lot of it comes from what you really want. You have to mm-hmm. search deep down in yourself and think uh, and do your research. I know that a lot of this information is not available. I think that's one of the reasons why I started my YouTube channel, because I realized that as I was doing my own research, I, I didn't really find a lot of information. And I think research is very important. Mm-hmm. Getting to see other people in the same positions that you aspire to be in and 
being able to ask some questions um, and understanding a little bit more of what to expect once you graduate. Because college is one thing, but then you have to think that there is after college, right? Yeah. Like what, what happens after? Because mm-hmm. a lot of students don't realize that. They're like, oh, college, college, college. But then I'm like, well, life doesn't start until after college. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um I guess do a lot of your research. Try to find people that are already in this field that you can ask questions, Mm -hmm. uh, whether that would be online or like people at the university you're interested in going to. try to talk to them or go take like visit and see what classes they're taking or like if if any of that would interest you. But I guess at the end of the day, it's all on the person itself, right? Like is, does this, does thinking about being an aerospace engineer make you happy, excited? Um, uh, I guess, um, uh, I don't know, like you, you get, you get, you get happy when you hear about it or you imagine yourself in that position, uh, and you're able to push through, it's gonna, it's not going to be easy. Like, even if you decide to pursue aerospace engineering, it's going to be very difficult. Um, I've had a difficult time as well. Even if I was a really good student, it wasn't really easy for me because it, there was, there were a lot of requirements. There was a lot of homework, a lot of hours you had to put in. Um, sometimes I would be at the library until five, 6 a.m. in the morning. Like it was, it was a very uh, demanding major, mm-hmm. but throughout all of that, even if I cried or like I was sad or whatever it is, I was still excited and I really enjoyed my oh, classes. Yeah. And, and during my classes, I was eager to learn. Like all of it was very interesting to mm-hmm. me, regardless of how hard it was. And I think that's the difference between people that push through and people that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- people that weren't really certain about it give up very quickly because mm-hmm. they realize that they're not they're not enjoying it as much as they thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are the other percentage of people that have like push through the, how difficult it is just because they realize that this is what they're going to do. They're going to put all of their effort, a hundred percent of themselves into trying to do their best. Um, but after all, I guess in the decision process, it's all about you. You mm-hmm. don't, I guess don't listen to people and listen to people. So like I get a lot of messages, DMs and comments about people saying, my parents said that there isn't enough jobs in aerospace that I'm not going to get a job when I graduate or like it's not, it's going to be difficult or this and this and that. And I agree. I mean, it is an extremely competitive field, right? So they only pick the best of the best because, um, it's not it's not like other fields like software engineering when you could do you could do a lot of things for mm-hmm. example right you could work for i don't know facebook for facebook whatever it is but in aerospace it's a very it's a much smaller field where you have well now with spacex you have more possibilities right mm-hmm. but yeah. even before that there weren't that many options for aerospace engineers and it wasn't until the recently a few a few years when like it become it became kind of commercialized commercialized um so people have more opportunities in finding jobs with aerospace engineering mm-hmm. but i always tell people i'm like i understand that your parents are worried about you and they might not understand what it entails to become an aerospace engineer because a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot more you could do as an aerospace engineer um and i i tell them i'm like you have to do your own research right don't just take, take, uh, I guess, I don't know, take input from people that know what they're talking about. 
is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't know, I, I ask people about, uh, a lot of students say, oh, my dad said that I should be a mechanical engineer instead. And then I'll ask them why. And then their dad says, oh, mechanical engineers work on cars, but they don't really. As mechanical engineers work on more than cars. Mm-hmm. They work on yeah. heating, uh, AC, on there's so many things, but exactly. parents don't understand that. They only know, they hear about one thing that a certain engineering degree does, and then they stick with that. Mm-hmm. So doing your own research, being confident in your own decision, you're, you're probably not going to be 100% confident, but the, the more confident you are, the better it is. Um, mm-hmm. And all of that comes with research, um, I, I guess like soul searching, <laughs> if I, I could call it that. You kind of have to like look deep into yourself and see if this is something that you see yourself doing mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately there's no one answer. It's just very, it just depends on the person, but take your time and start thinking about it sooner than later. Don't wait until senior year or, mm-hmm. um, just, just start thinking about it sooner, the sooner, the better. Yeah. And I think that's really important because I feel like it's really hard to decide what you want to do. And as much as weird it might sound, you really have to do soul searching to figure out what you really enjoy doing. And I guess that's great mm-hmm. advice to definitely keep in mind. Yeah. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to ask was you are a female in a STEM workforce. How has that been for you? How have you, because I know a lot of people are scared to go into engineering, especially as females who yeah. think that there's not enough representation. And I feel like, having you as a YouTube channel, as a female doing exceeding in your field as an aerospace engineer, what advice would you give for little girls out there who are interested in pursuing engineering or any STEM field and are scared to? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of put myself out there Mm -hmm. and trying to show other girls that might be interested in STEM that it's possible. It -hmm. doesn't really matter what gender you are. That's how I believe. If you have a passion for something, if you're a girl or, or, or like a female or male, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you identify with, it doesn't really matter because your your gender uh doesn't take away from your ambition or your intelligence or whatever it is um so i wanted to put it out there and be like hey look i'm another girl and i was able to do it so can you kind of thing yeah Um, because i understand there is some pre you know people there's some misconceptions people think oh this is for boys and this is for girls girls Mm -hmm. should be doctors nurses teachers and boys should be engineers and and i don't think that's correct i mean there are studies that show that just uh, guys just naturally, um, you know, want to do, uh, but want to pursue careers that that have to deal with inanimate objects. Like that, there are studies for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't, I can't really remember, but um, I think there was a Swedish study. I don't really remember, but um, they kind of gave the choice, and and girls just naturally wanted to work with humans. They wanted to work with people, mm-hmm. um, but boys were like, "Oh, I want to work for, with cars, with airplanes." Like that's just natural. That yeah. kind of sometimes just it depends on interest, but it doesn't mean that there are not exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, there are always exceptions, and one of the exceptions is me. I really <laughs> wanted. I mean, I had the option to go to med school, but I was like, "No, nah, I don't know. That sounds boring." Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I was like, yeah, look, this is cool. I want to do that. Everyone said, oh, my God, that sounds crazy. That's a niche. Like, that's something that no one, uh, even now, today, people ask me what I do. And they're always like, what? They're very confused. You do that? Really? <laughs> kind of thing. You know, it's you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, right? People are just not used to it. 
uh, I still walk into meeting rooms and people are like, look at me all weird uh, because the majority of them are men and they're like, what is she doing here? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or in class, like when I started class at ASU, this kid like asked me, he's like, hey, are you lost? Kind of thing. Because he thought I was in the wrong room. (laughs) So stuff like that happens. I mean, some of it comes from ignorance. Some of it comes from just sheer, um, I guess, uh, lack of, of, I guess, of, of seeing a lot of women in the field. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense, right? It's just natural. People just naturally react that way. But honestly, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if you're a boy or you're a girl. If you want to do something, just go for it. And I wanted to show that to be like, hey, there's no one stopping you. It's not like there is a man standing uh, I don't know, in, in the, the office at ASU or like whatever university is like, no, you're a girl, you can't do this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like literally nobody's stopping you That's except true. yourself. Yeah. Yourself, you're stopping yourself. If mm-hmm. if it's something you want to do and you're telling yourself I can't do it, then of course you can't do it, right? Yeah. But if you tell yourself you can, then of course you can. That's just how it works. Just don't let anyone else tell you what you can and can't do. Um, if it's something you're happy or like you feel like you can be happy with, mm-hmm. just go ahead and do it. And with my YouTube channel, I'm not trying to tell all girls to pursue aerospace engineering, but I want to tell those that see it, they know, and they think, oh, yeah. that's something I might enjoy. I want to give them that little push of, hey, mm-hmm. go on and just do it. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be uh, impossible if you put all, you know, if you put your mind and heart and all of your soul into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like how confident you are and how much you really inspire girls to do what they love. And you're so like, whatever you do, and I love how you show your vlogs, how you work so extremely hard, yet you also have like an amazing time with your amazing little cat. And you just have a great <laughs> time. And I think that's something I really inspire to be maybe one day doing the same thing. So I think that's yeah. really nice to have. Yeah. And also, I know you mentioned about the study, and I feel like that kind of goes back to when when we're younger, what are we given a lot? Because I feel like girls were used to given dolls, boys were given Legos. So I feel like a lot of the time it really starts at a young age and how we really push girls or males towards giving them options that they yet to choose instead of us choosing what we have to give them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, there is a lot of that. I'm not going to say that there is no <laughs> social pressure for of different course, genders. Yeah. They definitely exist, even more so where I'm from. I was raised in a Muslim country, very conservative mm-hmm. country, where you know there were some expectations on me that I'm supposed to get married and have kids and take care of a mm-hmm. family. Like All of that also plays into it. Yeah. But... But even if that happens, what do you decide to do, right? You have to take the situation into your own hands and be like, no, I mean, I understand. Like, I'm a girl and you can't take that away, right? You're so, you have to embrace your femininity. You're, you're a woman. Yeah. Uh, be yourself. Don't, because I had professors tell me, oh, you have to wear pants or... Uh, you have to act like a man, like insinuating things like that. I'm like, no, why do I have to do that? I can still be a woman. I can still wear a skirt if I want to. I can still do my hair. I can still wear makeup. Yeah. And I can still be a badass. Like, it doesn't really yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. I feel like people read a little bit too much into gender when doing exactly. something. I'm like, exactly. I, I respect, I, I've respected men in, in the field that I look up to. I've respected women in the field that I look up to. And I didn't like men in the field that I look up to. And women, you know, I've, I've mm-hmm. seen some women in the field where I'm like, oh, she doesn't, like, I don't really... I don't resonate with her, you know, okay. it's not like you have to, uh, I know that as a little girl, you want to see someone that you can look up to, can relate mm-hmm. to. So if you see a girl, you're like, oh, look, I can, she could, I could be her, right? 
Yeah. Um, so th- I guess that's what I'm trying to um, give people in a way, mm-hmm. like because there is really no representation or like very little representation. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think we should start thinking outside of our own gender and start thinking of us as humans and like, what do we bring to this world? What is our purpose? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that, stop thinking. Just you can still be yourself, but at the same time, you could still be an engineer and do great at your job and love your job and 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 yeah. Wow, <laughs> um, I really like that. I think that really like hit me and hopefully all the girls out there who are listening to this podcast also know that, you know, do what you love and don't let gender define what feel that you love to do because at the end of the day, everything's about you. You should be happy. So I think that's really important to keep in mind. Now, the next question is, as an aerospace engineer, what does a day look like for you? And how has things changed due to the stay-at-home order and the COVID-19? Yeah, so before all this COVID-19 situation, I guess, I was traveling a lot. I was going to NASA, um, like locations working there because the programs I'm working on are NASA satellites. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we had a lot of travel to do. So I was, you know, there was a lot going on. Um, So it felt really good at the time because I'm like, oh, look, I'm involved. I'm busy. I'm doing things. Like it feels like a sense of community. You go to meetings. Everyone is, is working towards the same goal. So it was great. But I guess after uh, the stay-at-home order happened we started working from home a little bit more so I'm more like I guess sitting at my desk in front of my computer so it's not as exciting anymore but I guess in in a normal day today um, it just depends Uh, as a guidance navigation control engineer you have to run a lot of simulations um, Mm. and I would be sitting at my desk either doing analysis um, um, for, I guess I could give you guys an example, but if you didn't, you don't know what a guidance navigation control engineer does, uh, for specifically for satellites, because you can be, or I'll just abbreviate GNC. If you hear GNC engineer, that's what they mean. Um, you could either be GNC for launch vehicles or satellites, but for satellites, you're mainly concerned with the, as, as the title says is the navigation and the attitude of the satellite. So once a satellite is in space, how do you know? Uh, where it is specifically, how, um, how do you direct it a certain way? How do you mm-hmm. make sure that the solar array is facing the sun? That way you're thermally positive. Um, so a lot, I guess that's very simplistic way of putting it, but uh, GNC engineers are mainly concerned with making sure that you're in right orbit, that you keep at the right orbit that you're doing. Um, uh, I guess if you have... Um, I don't know if you have a certain instruments on the satellite that mm-hmm. have a certain mission. So, for example, Landsat 9 has a very, very fancy camera on it that takes pictures of Earth. And it's in a sun-synchronous orbit, which means uh, every day it goes over the same area. And sun-synchronous means that light has to be shining on the area. That way they can take a picture and it's very crisp and you can see it in the daylight. Um, so that's one of the things that GNCs have to be... Uh, concerned with is that once the instruments are taking pictures or doing whatever it is that they need to do, mm-hmm. the satellite is extremely stable, um, that it cannot move. So you have reaction wheels, you have electromagnetic uh, torque rods, you have uh, three axis magnetometers, you have so many sensors and actuators that you have to uh, integrate together to make sure that you're serving the purpose of the mission itself. Um, so yeah, that, with that being said, there are a lot of analyses that you need to run, uh, a lot of models that you build. If, I don't know if you guys know what MATLAB is. 
Mm-hmm. MATLAB is a software tool um, that you use to do calculations. It has a lot of possibilities of what you can do with it. So I use MATLAB a lot, Simulink a lot. So sometimes I'd be set up my computer doing analysis, uh, generating you know a lot of plots, a lot of values, a lot of tables, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I have to be in a clean room in front of a satellite running tests on it. So once the satellite is completely integrated, usually it's in a clean room, and then we run a bunch of uh, tests on it to make sure that it's um, going to, uh, that it's doing what it's supposed to do, that there are no issues in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it just really depends on what what type, you know, what we're doing, because there is a life of, of satellite design where you start with the pre-design where you're kind of writing, um, uh, like whatever, what you're supposed to, how you're going to be building this satellite and then sending a proposal to NASA. And then once it's approved, you start acquiring all of the parts for the satellite. And then once those parts are there, you test the parts uh, themselves. And then after that, you put them on the satellite body of the satellite. Mm-hmm. And then once everything is integrated together, then you test everything together. It's, it's a very long process uh, that takes a lot, a lot of people uh, hundreds and hundreds of people that work on one satellite. So it takes a town. It's a, it's, it's a very complicated system. But I guess it, it it just depends. Sometimes I'm sitting in front of my computer doing analysis. Sometimes I'm in front of a satellite in a bunny suit in a clean room uh, running tests on the satellite. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I, I, I said a lot, but I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> no, definitely. I feel like a lot of people think that engineers are just like they're taking a wrench and like a piece of metal and just twisting it every single day. So I think that you really explained that there's a lot more to engineering in general than what we assume it to be like. So Yeah, I just want to clarify that. Um, That's not the case. Um, (laughs) There there are technicians that that take some sort of like classes and tests. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for example, let's say something broke in the satellite, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say one of the solar array cells just didn't want to turn on, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I, do, I don't personally go and fix it myself. I write a procedure. I, I kind of, there's, there's a process to it. So the engineer would go and be like, oh no, I'm getting this telemetry that says that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. So I, I do my, uh, my testing to try to figure out what's wrong. And then I write a procedure and be like, okay, in order to fix this, A, you need to do this. B, you need to do that. And then you give that to the technician. The technician reads your procedure and they go, oh, wrench, take wrench and fix it this way. Open this, apply this must torque. So uh, you as an engineer, you cannot touch the satellite with your hands. I can only think of one time that I actually was next to the satellite taking mm-hmm. some measurements just because I needed one measurement of the side of it. But when it comes to fixing things and putting things together, engineers do not do that. Technicians do that themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for clearing that up because sometimes at first I was really confused and I know you mentioned this a lot in your YouTube videos mm-hmm. of how like that there are other people who actually do what we assume engineers actually do but in general we're kind of giving the blueprint of what should exactly. be Exactly. Yeah. Now, I were coming to our last few questions of today. Um do you have any words of advice for students? who are still kind of confused about their career? And specifically, is there anything to engineering that you think people should keep in mind anytime that they think about this field? 
Um, yeah, so I, I, I really believe it's okay to be confused. Um, no one is really born with the answers to everything. You kind of, by, with experience and research and, you know, just talking to people, you start feeling a little bit more confident or less confident about things. And it's okay. If you thought initially you wanted to do something and then realized, actually, it's not for me, it's okay to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a firm believer that it's okay. And we're not born with one purpose in life. Uh, We could possibly have multiple options. If the first option doesn't work out for whatever reason, you can definitely change and pursue the other one. I guess the one thing that I would really recommend is that you take time in high school to think about it. Don't wait until college because college is very expensive. I understand that some of you might have parents that might help them out financially. And that's great. But think about your parents and, you know, do your best to make a decision that you will not regret. And I guess it's important to keep in mind that every action you take has consequences, whether positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, you just have to kind of do your own due diligent the best you can. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's all going to work out. I feel like if you have good intentions, if you do your best, everything is going to work out eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what else? Uh, I guess that's pretty much it that I can really say. I really don't, I really don't like, I, I mean, I get messages a lot like that where people say, Hey, I want to do this. And I want to a, okay. So they say I have option a and option B, which one should I take? Mm-hmm. My, my answer is, I don't know, you know, I'm like, I don't know you. I can't really tell you what you you can do or you can't do. It is your life. It is your decision. All I can do is be like, hey, guys, this is what I did. And this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You can pursue engineering. It could look extremely different than my path. And that's normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it couldn't. Maybe it would be the same, you know. And all I can do is just kind of show it and be like, all right, well, this is how it is. It's up to you to take it or leave it. It's all totally up to you. But it's good to have kind of a it's like a door into the possibilities of what could be, what could be. And uh, another thing that I want to focus on too is the money part. A lot of people get very, very, um, I guess, focused on the money. I mean, you make good money as an engineer, um, specifically compared to your peers, of course. When you graduate as an aerospace engineer, you definitely make a lot of money uh, compared to your peers in other fields. So it's normal. And I know money is important because, you know, after all, (laughs) it's a job, right? You're you're graduating, you're going to find a job. It's because you want to make money, you want to make a living, you want to be comfortable. That all of that is good, but do not focus on that as the main thing, because I can guarantee you, you will be miserable if you don't really do or pursue this field because Mm -hmm. you love it and you, you really want to be an aerospace engineer. And the money is a bonus, right? You're like, oh, wow, I can do something that I love and then I make really good money and it's great. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just how it is though. Um, yeah, so focus on, on on first trying to figure out what you're good at. You're like your, your, uh, your uh, I guess, things that you are good at and things that you're not good at. I can't think of the English word for some reason. Sometimes I think in French and I'm just like, wait, what? What is the other word? <laughs> uh, I guess uh god damn it like what is the word for it um, what is the word in french because i don't know french but i was just wondering <laughs> <laughs> wait no this is gonna hurt my brain hold on you know what I'm, i'll probably think about it later <laughs> okay, okay. uh okay yeah so just focus on your the the points that, are, that you're good at and the points that are bad at and then you do your own i guess um uh, you do your own assessment of the situation mm-hmm. is 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 
weaknesses there you go your weaknesses and there you go i don't know why i couldn't think of that word <laughs> so like it, the points are your weakness can you work on them do you think it's something mm-hmm. that you can work on do you think it's something you can improve on do you think you have the the, the enough ambition and and uh i guess love for what you want to do to work on those weaknesses if the answer is yes then great you can go on and do it if the answer is no i don't know if i can put much effort into it then maybe you should move on and find something else um that's how I see it overall. I just feel like um, you, you don't really want to put yourself through something without being certain about. Mm-hmm. But it's also okay not to be 100% certain because no one okay. is. Yeah, I think that's such great advice to kind of think about like a self-assessment of saying like, hey, do you think I can improve on this? Is this something that I actually enjoy doing and I would be willing to work more for it? Or something mm-hmm. like you're like, you know what? I don't really like this maybe I should not go into this field. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people say that. They say, I don't like math or I don't like coding. I don't like to code. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you shouldn't be here. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's it's as simple as that. You just, you can't be here. Or you can be like, I'm not good at math, but I love math. Then it's like, okay, well, we can work with that. You know, we can put in some effort and then we can try to fix that so that you're good at math. The point is that you love math and you appreciate it. And then Mm -hmm. something that, that you actually enjoy doing, but if it's something that you have to force yourself to do, then it's like, what's the point? Yeah, of course. Now the last question for today is kind of directed towards you. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it about your job that makes you wake up every single day in the morning and go, yes, I'm doing my dream job and I love it. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, let's see. I guess there. I I would say I pride myself in having many things that I could wake up for in the morning. <laughs> um, after all, you know, I try not to let my job define me, but unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm a very driven person. So like, it's natural for me to just think of myself as an engineer or like as as someone who's, uh, you know, working in the space industry and is doing something for humanity. And then mm-hmm. that would be one point that makes me really happy, makes me feel good because I'm a very big picture person. Yeah. I took a I took a personality test. I think it's called the Myers Briggs test. I don't know if you know what that is. And my um I guess I got an INTJ. Hmm. So and it kind of really put things into perspective. I should probably if you guys can take that test, just do it to see. It kind of helps you like put everything into perspective and makes you think a little bit more about why you do the things you do. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel. I feel like because I'm a big picture person, I really like the fact that I am contributing to something um, that will be helping humanity today mm-hmm. and decades from now. And in, in my eyes, I'm like, I, I love the fact that I can think about legacy or whatever it is where you're like, I'm doing something positive mm-hmm. uh, for the world, whether they know it or not. But deep down, I'm like, I, I know that I'm helping someone. Um, for example, the programs I'm working on right now, it's all about uh, the environment, right? You're, we're we're uh, trying to watch Earth and make sure that uh, global warming, we make sure if anything's going to happen, we can catch it uh, sooner than later and try to, uh, you know, undo. You can't necessarily undo the damage we've done, but try to do better as humans <laughs> and that, that's that's the image that kind of makes me happy or if in the future I work on human space flight for example because mm-hmm. I kind of aspire to be an astronaut too so that's one of the things that I think about uh, it's like okay well I am doing something for humanity as a whole 
Um, and that's what makes me happy. And that's what makes me like content in, in what I do every day. And I try to do my best at it every single day. <laughs> that's, that's so sweet. I feel like that's so important that more than yourself, you're looking at the whole world and how you can make an impact. Yeah. Definitely so sweet. Anyways, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much, Avir, for sitting with me and talking with me and letting me get to know you a lot better. This was so much fun to do. Yeah, thank you so much. I really I really liked this. Thank you for listening to me and having me on your podca- podcast. I'm glad um, that you're enjoying watching my videos. I really hope that uh, someone out there is also going to find my videos helpful. I'm just going to continue to put them out there. Um, and yeah, if, I don't know, if, if anyone has any questions, of course, they can definitely go to my uh, YouTube channel. I also started streaming on Twitch. So Ooh, if yeah. you guys want to have more interaction with me live, I'm definitely open to answering questions. I always answer questions on Twitch. So uh, yeah, uh, this was great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, thank you. And definitely, I feel like a lot of things that Apier said, you should definitely keep in mind, regardless of what field you go into, really self-assess yourself. And honestly, I know she mentioned about taking career tests. They're very specific career tests that I personally think are helpful or more personality-driven tests because I feel like actual question tests, which are like, do you like uh, cooking? Okay, you should become a chef, which is maybe helpful for some people, but it really helps to see more of your personality and kind of help go towards a specific area Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely something to keep in mind along with that don't let gender define you I mean yes it should you should love and embrace it but also don't let it choose your path for you because in the end of the day you want to be happy along with that for engineering just know that you should have an open mind into it and whatever this field entakes which is math physics even maybe even chemistry just understanding these STEM fields are very enriched in this course and understanding that maybe you're not the best at it, but having an open mind saying that, you know what, I like this. And I think that I would be willing to really study this and perfect it and have a career or a job in this field, which I would love. Those are a few things that I think are main takeaways. And there's a lot more that I'm so grateful that Abir talked about and we get to have her today. So thank you so much. And um, until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.